0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, welcome to the Field of 68s. Big Ten preview, and listen, I couldn't find two better running mates on this one uh, for the Big Ten than Robbie Hummel and Archie Miller. Uh, Robbie Hummel played at Purdue for, I don't know, eight, nine years, whatever it was. Uh, Archie Miller uh, has been at Indiana the last few years, and uh, guys, let's start with storylines. And the first thing that comes to mind when you're looking at the Big Ten this year is the bigs, and there are... A ton of them. I mean, a ton of them, and they're really good. Robbie, have you ever seen a league like this where you've got so many good bigs?
2: Yeah, last year and the year before that, too, (laughs) in the Big Ten. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, I have. Um, It's been a pretty incredible run, I think, as the game has gotten smaller, especially when you look at the NBA. And just to see the the quality of big men that have been in the Big Ten Conference over the last three seasons – um, it's just been, it's been crazy. Um, you know, Luca Garza, Daniel Oturu, guys that have gone on to to now be in the NBA and look at who's come back. Travion Williams, Trace Jackson Davis, Kofi Coburn, Hunter Dickinson. I mean, there's just, you know, I didn't even mention Zach Eady. He's oh seven, yeah, four. Yeah. Your guy. Um, so it's, it's been an incredible run and the big 10 has been just absolutely loaded with big guys for the last couple of years. Arch, you have one of them. You
1: know, Trace Jackson Davis yeah.
2: certainly in the mix there. I mean, what's it
1: like? You you had one, but every every game you're going up against a big time big.
3: Yeah, you know, I think the league is um, incredible when it comes to preparing. It's unlike your non-conference schedule in a lot of ways because when you schedule in the league, you know, almost any given night, it's going to stop and start with some type of inside attack with a first or second team All-American who, you know, quite honestly, can really impact the game in big ways. You know, both ends of the floor, too, you know, when you start to talk about how, how hard it is to score on some of the size uh, in the league. But from the individual battle perspective, you're not going to find more of a heavyweight, night in, night out, have to bring it, um, you know, to, to, the, to the floor – Um, when you start to talk about the individual matchups between those guys. And if you watched them a year ago, or even like Robbie's last few years, I mean, the game really dictated on your best players playing well, and they're going up against a guy who's their equal, almost on a given night in some cases. And uh, to me, that's what makes the league so unique and so hard to deal with. And um, when you look at their returning as well, they're not young pups. Right. I mean, you have older, big, strong, experienced Big Ten players on a nightly basis that know what to do, and that makes it even more difficult that, you know, sometimes you deal with a young freshman who's pretty good, and, but he gets whipped because he's young. That's not the case with these guys. They're all experienced
1: as well. Uh, next storyline, I would say, probably the new coaches, Robbie. You know, you got three of them, Mike Woodson in Indiana, uh, Michael Shrewsbury at Penn State, Ben Johnson at Minnesota, who I thought was a – honestly, all three were surprising. If you look at them on two, all three of them, I never thought uh, an assistant coach really would be hired uh, as a head coach of, of a, a high-major program. And Ben Johnson kind of started it. And then there were other guys who followed suit. Um, what do you think of the new group of – you know? again, Penn State, North uh, Penn State and in uh, Minnesota are going to finish towards the bottom most likely this year.
2: Yeah, I think that we're kind of seeing a, a lot of new, maybe mentality and hiring across the country. You know, I look at John Shire stepping into Duke. Uh, not that John's not more than capable, but he's he's you know he's never been a head of coach. Um, so I, I think we're we're seeing a lot of this across the board. And I, I played for Micah for a year. I think he's got incredible basketball experiences you know he's coached under brad stevens he's coached with with matt painter who both those guys know the game so well so i i think mike is more than ready but to see a guy move from a big 10 assistant into a big 10 head coaching job that probably wasn't happening you know four or five years ago but it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it unfolds and you're kind of seeing a new era of college coaches kind of unfold right before our eyes you know Tom Izzo's been in the league a long long time Matt Painter's behind him but there is some new blood in in the league that's for sure
1: hey Arch I'm going to put you in the spot here who is the coach you did not want to go up against I mean there are so many good coaches in this league obviously you got a hall of famer in Izzo I'm assuming I don't want to put words in your mouth who is the guy that you just felt like like when it gets down to it the end of a game Last couple minutes that you were like, you looked across and and you were just, you didn't want to deal with that guy.
3: Well, it's hard to, you know, single guys out. I mean, Coach Izzo obviously is a Hall of Famer. Matt Painter's heading there. In my time in the Big Ten, um, the most impressive guy to deal with when it came to manipulating the game or uh, just the prep work and then some of the things that went on during the game was actually John Belon. And I know Coach Bline isn't there right now, um, but when you talk about um, the utmost respect for system style um, maneuvering, his years when I was in the league, they were Final Four good every year almost. And um, to me, he was you know um, as impressive as it gets because it's it's the total system. It's it's how he does it every day. But you can go down down the line between Greg Gard to uh, Mark Turgeon I feel like Chris I feel like Chris Holtman is going to have Ohio State in the final four uh, level right right you know around the corner Matt Matt's on his way to duplicating really what coach Izzo's done I mean he's on his way to doing the same thing but I think it's a fantastic league in general when you look at coaching in general because it's 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 a it's a system, a style, a recruiting league that builds into getting older. It's always been that way. And now you have some guys that have been there a long time. I mean, Fran McCaffrey's doing as well as anyone has done at Iowa. Um, and you have some guys that, that are, you know, starting up at the beginning stages that will have to get their deal, you know, going up the ladder. But um, to me, the league, um, it's a coach's coaching league. I mean, if you're a high school coach or you're, you're a basketball junkie, you love to spend time in the Big Ten because the people that are there, they, they love the game.
1: You know what else it is? The cleanest league in America. That's the other thing. <laughs> and that kind of goes hand in hand with it being a coaches' league. You know, I, I think it is kind of right. a clean, clean league. All right, let's get to our power rankings and our kind of preseason rankings. I got them from both of you guys. And uh, all right, let, let's start out. Both Hummel and I have the same uh, number one team. And no surprise who Hummel picked. I mean, who Art, you want to take a guess?
3: Um, it's not Indiana. I can it's tell not you that. Indiana. Hey, but I'm high, in Indiana. Like... I'm high in Indiana. I'm high <laughs> in
2: Indiana. They
3: should be. They're going to be good. But I'm yeah. assuming Robbie's going to put the Boilers, uh, you know, up there at the top with with uh, with his with his time. Not not being there or with being there. It's a
2: good pick. Robbie, I'm going Purdue. But you know what? I'm screwed either way here. If I go against Purdue, I'm I'm trying not to be biased so i'm biased against purdue and other, you, know, you just can't win I, I just at the end of the day it kept coming down to how many guys they have coming back and i think jay navy's a pro um if Michigan won the league if illinois won the league if Michigan state won the league if, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all i really wouldn't but as of right now they bring almost everybody back so I, I, with that being said i i just i felt like i had to go at purdue
1: yeah, there's seven teams. I, I honestly believe there's seven teams that could win this league this year. And, and you're right, Rob, same thing for me. You have a dynamic guard in Jaden Ivey. You've got two of the best bigs in the country, not one, not Trevor Williams. I actually think, honestly, I think Edie might be better. I, after watching him in person, I think he might be. Certainly he's more unstoppable when he gets the ball in the paint. It's it's over. Yeah. Um, Arch. Tell everybody who you went with. Number one, this this one, this surprised me. Well, I went with Ohio State uh, to win the league.
3: And um, there's a couple things and reasons why. Uh, I think they have the ability to change the game up on you and to play EJ Liddell at the center position. He's not a center, but he's that hybrid mismatch that you can get away with it on the defensive end because of how physical he is but also what he does from an offensive perspective against the great size in the league that we talked about, he can pull them away. And they can go that route if they want to. It's one of the reasons offensively I thought they were so hard to deal with at a certain stage of the league was he was a problem Um, because he's physical enough. It's like a Paul Millsap where he can wear you out around the basket as well. But I also think unlike a year ago, Ohio State has more depth. They have Zed Key. They added Joey Brunk. Um, they have veteran guys in young that if he stays healthy, big reason why last year Ohio State had a little bit of a drop. He's so important to what they do. He wasn't healthy. If he's healthy and some of this depth over the course of the season will help him be healthy because he's not getting beat up in practice every day. They have the ability to do that. Um, but just the suing. Yeah. Great mismatch guy could play one through four.
1: Um, Can he play the point arch? Can he he be there? He did it a
3: year ago. He did it a year ago for him at times in a pinch. Huge win out of Illinois. He played uh, some one. Um, I think where Ohio state has the ability to score the ball so many different ways. If you ask me why they'll be better, I think they will be better defensively than they were a year ago. Because, one, they have more size and they have more depth they can throw at you. And I believe on the perimeter, you add a guy like a wheeler. He's an instant defensive menace. And you add some getting older with suing in the system and whatnot. I think they'll be better. But I think if you talk to Chris Holtman, what's his concern going to be? His concern is going to be he has to replace a top-notch backcourt. I mean, top-notch. I mean, C.J. Walker was a stud, a rock with the ball. He was a rock on both ends, the leader, a winner. And then, you know, when you start to talk about uh, Dwayne Washington, um, I'm not sure there was a guy in the league a year ago that was more lethal um, in terms of being able to score in bunches. They'll have to replace those two guys. But over the the cumulative effect of bringing Sotos back, adding Wheeler, um, you have – uh, Michi Johnson's now a year older who played a little bit for him last year. You have Arms who can really shoot the ball soon. I mean, they have a lot to work with. I think health will be a big thing for him. Kyle Young's health always seems to nip him in the bud at a certain time of the year. But you know, sometimes health can be helped by depth every day where a guy like Kyle Young doesn't have to take every rep and they have more bodies in practice. And to me, I think Ohio State, um is a pick and one of the big reasons why I don't know about you guys I feel like them losing in the NCAA tournament as a 2 seed and bringing those guys back Morbid. I feel like there's an edge on there there's a little bit of an edge there that they're 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 going to be out to get a little further so um but if you told me Purdue's going to win it no questions asked there Michigan Michigan State I like Indiana a lot I, I like Maryland um, but to me, I just look at like Robbie said, who's coming back? You know, Illinois. You know, who's coming back? Who can who can you put it down on the paper and say, hey, I know what this guy's going to bring to the table in this league on a nightly basis. There's probably four or five teams that are going to compete to win the league, and I wouldn't be surprised. Four or five losses doesn't get you right up at the top.
2: Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. I know for a fact, both Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster used LinkedIn to to find a new producer. They were looking for somebody, needed a quality candidate, and all of a sudden with LinkedIn, they found the perfect guy. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then, use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. That's linkedin.com slash good to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Well, that's where, you know, it's interesting. The one kind of, I don't want to say mystery team, because they have Hunter Dickinson, right? I mean, they, they've got Eli yeah. they, They've got good players, but when you look at Michigan, you're looking at a, a brand new point guard in, in Coastal Carolina, transferred Vante Jones, and four freshmen. They're right. all like top 50, and I've said this before, Arch, and I don't know how you feel, but, you know, a lot of these freshmen – We've never seen. And a lot of the coaches haven't seen till they got to campus. So I feel like the rankings of so many of these, we know how good like Chet Holmgren is going to be. We don't worry about that. Paulo ben- Bencaro, like those guys we know are going to be dominant. But a lot of those guys that are ranked like in the 50 range, we have no idea how good they were because we didn't see them in person and nobody did yeah. for over a year.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Robbie
1: can speak to it. I'll speak to it from my
3: perspective. I think the Big Ten is the hardest league in America for a freshman to break through. I think Why? it's a very difficult challenge in Big Ten with the physicality of the league and the way that the league plays on a nightly basis for a young guy to come in. Um, Robbie was a part of a great group with the with the Baby Boilers who was tremendous, but I think he could probably speak to it. It's a difficult task for even the most talented young guys, especially if they're a little bit slim or they're a little bit younger in terms of their talent. I think when you talk about any team to count on a freshman in the league, um, you know, if a freshman plays 20 some minutes a game, in the big 10, he's a heck of a player. He just really is that. And, and I think, there's going to be a lot of young guys emerge. Michigan's got a great class coming in. I would say based on their information of what they have going on, if you look at Caleb Houston, his his summer experience in FIBA, yeah. I would have to think that he's up there with some of the best in the country, and I think he's going to add value. Um, I can't speak to all their guys because, like everybody, no one's really seen them play a ton. But it's going to start and stop probably with Michigan with their returners, Dickinson, Eli Brooks, Brandon Johns will have a different type of a season for him this year, but their young guys will have to go. And I think that's where, when you ask me why Michigan may be a little lower, not that they're not going to be really, really good or they have a chance, they're playing with a little bit of an uncharted territory where they
1: have some young guys that got kind of to fit in there. So Arch has Michigan seven. Robbie, you got him a two, I got him a three. Let, let, let's move on to Michigan State. Let's yeah. go Michigan State because that's one we can all agree on. Because um, Rob, you got him at seven. Arch and I we both have them at six. I mean, a Tom Izzo team ranked that low in in the big ten sounds
2: absolutely bananas to me. Yeah, when I did it, I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. I, I didn't How can like, you? I, it's the same thing with the point guard, you know, Tyson Walker. I think he's good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but the same thing is, I haven't seen him play in the Big Ten. And just because Mike Smith killed it at Michigan last year, coming as a point guard, I don't think that's the norm. I, I really don't. And, and yeah. he, he could be he could be really good. Uh, you know, we'll see. Um, Max Christie is so talented. Kid from Chicago. Really good player. You look at who they got coming back with Gabe Brown, Joey Hauser, Marcus Bingham, solid, solid Big Ten players. All three of those guys, I feel like you look at them, you're like, they can they can give more but they haven't given more, (laughs) you know, like, so I'm kind of go back and forth on that. I like Malik Hall. Um, I I just think there's a lot of question marks, but again, if they got second or third or even won the league, it it really wouldn't surprise me. I I did not feel good about putting them at seven because they do have a lot of good players. They have good talent and they have a coach who always finds a way to win.
3: Yeah. I would say the thing about Michigan state and, If you look at Coach Izzo's great success, his great teams, even good seasons, maybe not great seasons, it starts with the point guard, and then it goes into some type of a horse inside where they can throw the ball to, where they have a presence. And if you look at Michigan State's team last year, they had a lot of guys, but in terms of his style and system, they really couldn't throw the ball to anybody inside and pound you, get fouled. Get baskets, and they struggled at point guard play with with how they wanted to accept the roles that 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 a Michigan State point guard plays with. To me, they have the same number of guys, quality players. They're going to be deep. They have three centers who can defend. That's 15 fouls, as you know, Robbie. That's 15 straight (laughs) fouls that the Spartans (laughs) have inside. They have Bingham. They have Sissoko. And then they have um, Marble. That's three centers. They're going to be able to man the post defensively. Uh, Ty Walker, I watched him in high school, and I've watched him in college, and he is a terrific player. The one thing that will be unique to see is how he deals with the physicality of the league. It's a much bigger league. Now, Mike, as you said, Robbie, Mike did a great job for Michigan last year in the role that they had. I don't feel that Ty will have a problem plain in the style that the, the push the the speed of the game he's a true point guard so I think they're going to get better point guard play in terms of how coach wants to do it but again if you look at Michigan State's roster anytime I've always done this who's going to be an all-conference player who can you map it out put it on paper and say Spartans got first second or third team all big Ten player probably first time in a long time but do they have a preseason guy that's a first or second team all-conference player? Probably not yet. That doesn't mean that that guy's not going to emerge. Um, Hauser has a chance, I think, to be a better player this year round. And let's not forget, a year ago, Michigan State dealt with a lot when it came to COVID. A lot of issues with COVID, not going to have that problem this year. And I'll also add this, and every Big Ten has the every Big Ten school has this, but Michigan State in particular, Breslin Center will have people in
1: it this year. Big difference. Not
3: not only a big difference in terms of the opponent, but when you play to Michigan State in Indiana or Purdue, and that's one of the reasons that you go to play there is the environment that you play in every day, how much of an advantage that is to play at those places. It was weirder for Indiana players to play at home than it was for the opponent. It was harder for Michigan State's players a year ago to win at Breslin than it was in the past. I think that advantage comes back to the Spartans this year in terms of home court. That will help them as well. Hard to go into Breslin and win in a Big Ten night night game. And I think they'll be better. But as Robbie said, you know they have some some questions they'll probably have to answer. But they can. They have a lot of guys. I mean, they have a lot of guys that are good players, and I think they'll be by committee. And to me, that point guard role will define how well
1: they go. All right, let's before we get to our all league teams, uh, Robbie, um, the former coach at Indiana left uh, left the Hoosiers with some talent. I mean, they're not the the cupboard was not bare. I don't know who the dude was, uh, but he left him with a, you know, an all league big guy. Um, What's the key for this Indiana team? I mean, is it I've said it. Obviously shooting, shooting was was an issue uh in the past and point guard and, and staying healthy. Finessey, they add a, a transfer and Xavier Johnson from Pittsburgh. So yeah. now they're not quite as dependent, maybe, on Finesee. But what what do you see out of this Indiana team, Rob?
2: I mean, I think the talent across the board is is there. And shooting is what the concern would have been last season, um, certainly. But I, I think when you look at some of the pieces that get added, where you know Parker Stewart sits out last year, he, he can he can shoot the ball. Uh, Miller Cop, I think when you look at his role at Northwestern, you know maybe not the guy that you want as the number one option, but when you just spot him up, he can shoot it. You know Miller Cop is a good shooter. Um, Xavier Johnson certainly does kind of alleviate some of that pressure from Rob Fennessy, who I think at times I've watched Rob play and I'm like, man, he's got a chance. You know, there's certain games where he, he does some really, really good things, but then it also, you know, you'd see the other side of that and there'd be games where you're like, man, he he's really struggling. Xavier Johnson is is a big, a big piece and and it obviously all starts with Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I I think that he's going to have a monster season. He's been a really good player in the league for a long time. This might be maybe going under the radar, but I think Michael Durr is a big addition. Just because when you play the Purdue's and the Michigans and the Illinois, it's just to throw somebody in there to beat the hell out of those guys and have it not be, be Trace uh, or even Race Thompson. You know, just just to have that type of body. Um, you know, Tamar Bates is a really, really talented freshman. Again, like Coach Miller said, who knows what he'll look like because the league's so good. But when you look at this roster top to bottom, I think Indiana is going to be really good. And you add in the fact that Assembly Hall is back to being Assembly Hall, like Coach Miller said. there There is no better place in the league when it's going. And it, I've been there for for games that I've played in. I've been there for, you know, Big Ten ACC Challenge games where they're playing Duke with J.J. Reddick it, It's like the roof is going to blow off. It, it really is the loudest place in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, By I would way, agree. Bobby, you can call him, Archie. You, you don't have to – we don't no, have to he, call him, Coach he, he recruited me. What do you mean? No wow. way. I didn't Hope know he's familiar. that much older than you. I, I thought he was, was an NC state. I thought Hummel was like 40 yards. So I figured <laughs> you guys were the same age about yeah. similar. Robbie, Robbie
3: was a terrific player. We were recruiting him down at NC state when I was down there. Um, he came to came down on a visit and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. Obviously
2: multiple times. He's a, he
3: was a great, he was a great guy to recruit. Obviously you could tell, knew he was going to be successful and, um, Um, But I would say when it comes to Indiana, um, trace is trace. You're going to get great production from him. I think it's going to come down to their additions that they've added in the the offseason. And to me, no one did a better job in the offseason than being able to put important pieces in place than to make their team better than Indiana. Okay, the staff did a great job of being able to identify hey, we have to get a couple things done here to help the cause because we do have good players. There's some guys in here that are Big Ten players. You have production from Race Thompson, Rob Finnessy. You have a four-man freshman class that all played as freshmen that are a year older that I know they'll be better just because it's an easier transition in year two. They'll have a change. But that being said, Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart, I'd add Miller Kopp in there a little bit, but Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart, did anybody in America add that type of productivity to their team from college players that have done it? I'm not sure anybody added two pieces that have the minutes or the production. Both guys play a pivotal role um, to me in taking that pressure off a of trace where. You know what? He has an off night or it's it's not his best game, but he doesn't have to get 26 and 12. He got 14. And you know what? They had a backcourt get 25 between. Them. That's the difference in Indiana this year being really, really good. And right there on the border will be that production from the backcourt. And I think shooting is going to be a big deal. Stewart will, you know, to me, Parker can really shoot. I think Miller Kopp coming across, uh, so to speak. To, so to speak, the street, that's what he does well. It'll be interesting to see his role. You know, his role at Northwestern played in a system and a style. I thought that was pretty good for him. We'll see how he's used. But Indiana's got some depth. And Robbie made a great point. Last year, not having Joey Brunk really, really took a toll on the inside game defensively for Race Thompson and Trace. Not having that third guy. You got to have that third guy in conference play in the Big Ten who can handle the amount of size that's coming at you on a nightly basis. And then being able to add, you know, Durr um, to replace that. Now they have three guys who can, you know, on a nightly basis play that spot. And, um, you know, to me that's a big addition. I like what they did. I think they're going to have a great season. But to me, if you look at the Dukes, if you look at the Kentuckys, if you look at uh, the Michigan States, and I would add Indiana in there, adding the fans back to assembly hall changes the name of the game for their team. I don't know what it would have been like to go to Cameron Indoor and play with nobody in there. I mean, if you got a chance to play at Cameron and no one was in there, I mean, what a difference that's going to make. And it's the same thing with Indiana. Uh, Coach Woodson's going to come in. There's going to be a lot of energy. And those, those fans, when they get back in there, that's going to be a hard place to go into this year. A lot different ball game when you play Indiana at home.
1: And for those wondering, uh, Archie did pick Indiana fifth uh, in the preseason. So I, and, I like that. You know,
3: I, I think that um, there's some unanswered questions probably a little bit. They got to get that. But they got as much depth across the board as anybody. And to me, if Indiana was going to crack the top two or three, compete for the Big Ten, they're going to get great productivity from their backcourt and it's going to add to the great productivity that they're already going to get
1: from trace. All right. All league teams. Arch, I'm handing it over to you because your all-league all, all league team looks like nothing we've ever seen before. I mean, ever.
3: I tried. I, I really did try to add somebody that was under six foot nine or ten. You got ten. nobody
1: to handle the ball, Arch. Can we? Point can, guard. we play,
3: can you play a first team all-center, all-big? Uh, I mean, how does that, that team work? If you, maybe if you did it by position, it would be a little bit more normal. But you're not going to find a league that has five guys that maybe – our first or second team, all Americans that are all front court players. I mean Kofi, yep. Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, um, EJ Liddell, and then my fifth guy um, is Travion Williams, Williams, is Travion. Yeah. I'm not sure that you're gonna find five more dominant players um, in the league that 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 don't shoot, you know, really past a
1: foot from the basket. So EJ, uh, give EJ some credit. Well, I'm going
3: to give EJ – I'm going to give EJ something because I picked Ohio State to win the league because I like what they're doing and I like what they have. I think that he potentially could be the player of the year in the league if they win it. But um, to me, I mean, you you could take your pick of player of the year. It's going to come down to the team that probably wins the league out of those four or five guys.
1: All right, so you and those five, uh, Robbie and I both had – E.J. Kofi and Hunter. So all three of us have E.J. Kofi, Hunter. Um, the difference. Robbie actually surprised me a little bit with who he went on the on the first team. Here. I never
2: said this dude's bad. I just said he's now first team All American. We
1: gotta find Arch. We gotta get Arch's take on this guy because yeah, I'm I'm super high on Andre Curbelo, Arch. Because I just think
2: he does something no. else. The highest else does. of high, coach. He says he's a first-team All-American. Give me what Jeff's drinking. Jesus. <laughs> Obviously, he's got to make some shots. But, yeah, but Rob did.
1: Rob put him on his first team. I was surprised. I part he of that, that is what,
2: what 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 I wasn't willing to do. What Coach Miller was going to do right there. I, I was going to throw in two guards and like a. Even though I I don't disagree with what he did. I just kind of thought, you know, there's a template. And it doesn't have to be point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Um, But because of that, I was like, all right, I'm really high on Jaden Ivey. I'm putting him on there. And I'm, you know, when you're looking at the league, you got to pick a guard somewhere with the way I was doing it. So, Curbelo's my guy.
3: Yeah. I, I, I think this. Let me just say this. I think that Andre Curbelo will lead the league in assists. He may lead American assists. Yes, it just all, de- it all depends on, you know, whatever. But when you start to talk about, number one, Brad's added sh- even more shooting, and you have the most physically dominant uh, player in the game every night in Kofi, and you put a point guard of the caliber of Andre Corbello, and at the end of the day, for 40 minutes, you're going to deal with Andre Corbello and Kofi in a two-man game at some level every time down. And I'm going to be honest with you, there may not be a more electric guy with the ball in his hands in terms of being able, regardless, Hey, he can't, you know, he needs to shoot. doesn't matter. He's that good at being able to play the position. And to me, I'm not sure there'll be a guy that's more electric with the ball playing the two man game um, and being able to, you know, impact the game from an offensive standpoint. So if you told me Andre Cabello was a, you know, first, second-team All-American, his production and the way that he's going to handle the ball and play in their style with Kofi in and around the spacing around them, he's going to be tough to deal with. Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady. if you put either one of those two guys on first-team All-Conference, you'll have no no mistake. Uh, I think part of it is those two guys are going to have to assume those dominant roles as sophomores, whereas freshmen you saw it. But you look at the two summers – that both of those two kids had this off season, you may not find two more productive summers with USA basketball and then Zach and the FIBA world championships as well. I coached in those world championships. That competition is at the highest level that you can get in terms of playing on that stage. And those two guys produced. So if those two guys emerge, I mean, Zach Eadie, there isn't anybody in college basketball like them. And I'll also tell you this. He's playing for the perfect coach because there is no better coach in America that has the ability to take that guy and put him right where he needs to be, get him the ball without a dribble, not able to double team, and get him the ability to score the ball. He's done it with Han, with Biggie Swanigan, with A.J. Hammonds, Travion a little bit. Travion maybe a little bit more off the bounce. But Zach Eadie, from a production standpoint, the amount of minutes he plays, if you do a PER, a player efficiency rating, it's going to be off It's going to be off the charts in terms of what he does and the amount of minutes that he's in the game. Um, but there's other guys in the league that could be first team, second team, all guys. I think when you look at it, though, and you start to say, what has this guy done in his career and what has he done in the Big Ten? Right. You're going to probably have a hard time finding five or six guys that you're not going to just pencil in as a double-double or a guy that's going to be, you know, an opportunity to be, you know, one of the – a national type of player of the year candidate. There's four or five of them in the Big Ten. But emerging players I think would be more of a a unique conversation. Who can step up into that new role throughout the course of the league this year and become bona fide big-time stars for their teams that maybe are a little under the radar? Cabello's definitely one. Two guys from Purdue are one. Um, I think Xavier Johnson, Parker Stewart – those two guys uh, at Indiana as being older guys could step in and be all conference type players. But if you look down the league, I mean, if you look at Brad Davison's career, if you look at the emergence of Keegan Murray, maybe being a breakout guy in college basketball this year for Iowa, uh, look at the production of an Audige or a Bowie at Northwestern. I mean, you got guys that can really play. I think, one unique player in the league that could really change the landscape for a team is Alonzo Verge. If you look at Nebraska, they're going to have as talented and as speedy of a backcourt as you're going to get with the two McGowan's and you add in Alonzo Verge, who it doesn't matter the level he's played at or where he's played at. He's capable of really, really impacting the game offensively, you know, at the guard spot. He can really score, can really create with the way that Fred plays, he's in a perfect system. They have, to me, the best chance of making a jump where maybe a lot of people aren't really talking about Nebraska a little bit. I think Nebraska's backcourt is as good as many teams in college basketball this year with the addition of Verge and the Young McGowan um, who's coming in the door. So there's a lot of guys that can maybe jump, start their program, their team. Um, to me, on a nightly basis, if you ask me who I'm worried about I'm preparing for, they're all 6'9", six, 6'10", six, and 6'11", because those guys are going to foul you out. They're going to beat you up, and they're going to be hard to deal with on, on a night. Purdue's got, two. Uh, you know, at any given point in the game, you're not getting a breather when you're dealing with Purdue inside. The ball's going ball's gonna to go inside with those two guys for 40 minutes. They're not going to probably play too much together. But, Robbie, you know as well as I do, that play card, that play package. The Cowboys, right? The Dallas hey, Cowboys over there. That that baby that offensive coordinator this year,
1: he's got one job: that ball is going to touch the paint. No doubt. four out of five times. No doubt. That that's why it's hard for me to pick Jaden Ivy. To be honest, like I don't know who to pick out of those three. You mm-hmm. guys, all I know is I went to practice and I just saw I, I saw Big Edie dominate, like absolutely dominant, like throwing guys throwing Travion around like he was a rag doll. That's how big he is. That's how much better he is. Now, will he play enough? I, I don't that, know. That would be
2: my concern is that right. he might just lack yeah. the opportunity minutes-wise. Right. Which is Well, he might split. I mean, right. honestly. They're, they're cannibalizing 20- each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it cancels itself out. You know, parts like the bigs in the league, right, get in foul trouble. They're playing each other. Um, th- the great thing for Painter is he's got two of them. One of them gets in a foul trouble. It almost makes his job a little bit easier in a way. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I think
3: I think one of the things that, you know, we always talk about here is what a guy's done production wise. Um, But the best of the best have to find a way to play both ends of the floor. And I think when you start talking about Purdue, they have a lot of guys. Robbie, you know, you can speak to it as well as anybody. Nobody's going to emphasize defense, playing hard, toughness like Matt's going to do. And can he put those combinations on the floor that work together on both ends? you know, talking to a lot of guys and in particular, you know, thinking about Purdue, Matt's going to talk about number one, they're going to be in Ken Palm this year, one, two, three, four, or five in offensive efficiency. And if you ask me if they were the number one most efficient offense in college basketball this year, I would, that would be my pick. And I think that's probably what he's striving for, but he's got to put the unique combinations on the other end of the floor. Matt also wants to win the game by playing Purdue-style defense and playing a lot of guys, defending hard. And I think when you start to look at, like, what could hold an E.D. or Travion back is you're probably splitting that. Whichever guy's playing well on the defensive end that can hang in there against the other team may get more of an opportunity. Um, And then there may be a game or two where, you know, Robbie, um, boy, it just wasn't, Zach Knight defensively had a hard time guarding Trace Jackson Davis on the perimeter driving, or maybe it's a shooting big that pulls him away that makes a few, and you get a little nervous. There are going to be those, you know, instances probably for Purdue where it works out where one of those two guys is going to have to figure it out defensively, um, you know, for them. But I I think, you know, in general, if you look at Purdue and you said, you know, Jay Nivey, he'll be – you don't have to worry about him. That guy's got a motor. He's got confidence. He wants the ball. He's aggressive. They put him in great positions to to use screens and handoffs. And to me, he'll get his. He'll be the one perimeter guy for Purdue that you're going to have to deal with um, scoring the ball pretty regularly. I also like Brandon Newman.
2: Yeah, no, Brandon Newman's a good player. I think Eric Hunter is a big key for them. I I think getting production from him at the point guard position more so than just you know he's going to guard his man. Can, can he knock down an open shot? Can he initiate offense? I think that he kind of flies under the radar for me as, as a big key for for this Purdue team.
3: Yeah. I think the point guard position in general uh, for Purdue um, in the last four or five seasons, um, when you look at how good they've been, two seeds, three seeds, um, you know, final four with, you know, really right with Carson Edwards right there for the final four Um, it comes down to really the the solid point guard play as the fifth guy on the floor can make an open shot, can score the ball regularly when he's open. Um, Eric has done that at times in his career. And I I would assume going into his senior year, you know, he'll be at his best, you know, with with that type of role. But, you know, to me the production from the one when, when it comes down to Purdue in a tightly possession game, they're probably going to go with Ivy with the ball, I would think, more than anyone. And I think that gives him a little bit of advantage, like Carson Edwards, where he's not really a point, but you have to deal with him in the last four to five minutes of a game. You're going to have to deal with him.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. What we learned today, uh, Archie loves Ohio State, absolutely loves him, picking him number one. Uh, Hummel hates Michigan, picks no. him seven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I do not hate Michigan. Keep going. What else do we learn? Yeah. Uh that Arch
1: loves Bakes because he doesn't yeah. need a anybody under six seven on his preseason first team. And yeah. that Arch is now a member of the media. That's hey, that's the best part of all this. Archie Miller, who yeah. um I, I don't want to say was not a fan of the media. I think he, listen, I think he was a fan of, of Talia Goodman more than yes. any other media person. Am I wrong? She's great. I've never seen you as happy being interviewed as you were by Talia Goodman. So um, well, the con-
3: the, con- the conversation is is a lot different with her than it is with with some what, of. What are you trying people.
1: to say? Are you trying to say she's better than I am? Yeah, no, that's
3: without, That's without a doubt. I mean, she is a much. I mean, you're 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 pretty much dead in the water.
1: Her future is a lot brighter moving forward. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. You got no argument here. We just we got to figure out where she's going to college. So, listen, guys. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Breaking down the Big Ten. We'll have a lot more in the future. This will not be a one-off for Archie Miller. Uh, he will be back, and uh, Robbie Hummel. I, I think we'll get you back for another another go around. So, I'll see you. I'm in contract
2: right. negotiations right that's now. Right.
1: Well, that's right. It we got to we got to figure out a way. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. All right.